Hi, it's Barry Parker here, and I want to welcome everybody back to Capital Link's Trending News podcast series. Uh, so today we have uh, with us Dr. Lucas uh, Barmparas, who's the president and a member of Safe Balkers Board of Directors uh, since 2008. So Safe Balkers, I, I think people know, but just to review, uh, it specializes in the ownership of dry bulk vessels. So as of the beginning of August, Safe Balkers had a fleet of 43 dry bulk vessels. Uh, they're Panamax, Camser Max, Post Panamax, and Cape Size uh, vessels. Uh, it's worth reminding everybody that 85% of the fleet has been built in Japanese yards. Company also has a new building order book, uh, and it's uh, it's nine vessels uh, at this time. Seven of those are Camser Maxes, two of them are Post Panamaxes, and the deliveries are uh, are scheduled from first quarter of next year, so first quarter of 2023 through the first quarter of 2025. So we're going to talk today about the outlook for the dry bulk sector, but we're going to focus. Uh, predominantly on the company's fleet renewal strategy. And we're gonna talk, about, which seeks to match sustainability, profitability, and competitiveness over the long-term. So let's, uh, let's start. So just uh, briefly on the, the dry bulk sector overall, I uh, wonder if you could talk about, uh, Lucas, what the fundamental drivers are and what are your expectations? We're in the second half of the year. So uh, what are your expectations for the second half of 2022 uh, for the sector? Expectations for the dry bulk market depends on uh, two factors. The one is the supply of vessels and the second is the demand. Uh, the demand uh, may be influenced by the global conditions uh, and uh, what will be the reactions uh, in relation to uh, geopolitical situations, uh, invasions of Russia or in Ukraine, etc., etc. Uh, and uh, so we have uh, uh, somehow an instability from that part. However, uh, the fact that uh, the supply or there is no oversupply of vessels in the next uh, two to three years uh, for, for dry bulk uh, cargo uh, gives us uh, some reassurance to us that uh, it, uh, the good, uh, um, pros the, the good prospects uh, in, the, uh, in the dry bulk uh, southern market. Uh, and we say so because uh, most of the orders uh, were placed in uh, several cities in uh, for tankers and uh, container ships. Uh, and uh, if you want to go today and make an order uh, in, a, in any Japanese or Chinese shipyard, uh, you will not receive anything earlier than the second half of 2025. So basically, we know that uh, the order book for the next uh, uh, two to three years is what it is today. So this gives us uh, the, the, let's say, the, the feeling that uh, one way or the other, the southern market will do well in the dry bulk sector. And I think there's some statistic about the order book. It's like five or six percent. That's uh, of the fleet, and that's that's a historical low. Uh, it's my my understanding. Historical low, and uh, something that uh, we need to to focus also is that uh, the fact that this uh, five or six percent of the global uh, uh, fleet. 
uh, is uh, will have, uh, let's say, newer specifications. But uh, imagine that we have a whole fleet out there, which almost about 75 to 80 percent is not uh, compatible with the new regulations. They are not uh, all these vessels do not belong to a, a, a to any greenhouse gas phase, IMO phase one or two or three. So. Uh, the, 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 the new vessels that will be delivered uh, will have advantage uh, compared to the existing fleet. Now, oh, that's, a, that's a good segue actually into uh, the next group, group of questions, which have to do with the fleet renewal and expansion. Uh, mm -hmm. You followed a strategy of uh, you, you've sold older vessels uh, and you contracted for, uh, for the new builds, and that's a a means of ensuring the long-term competitiveness uh, for, for the company. Uh, and it's interesting to note, I think you're, you're one of the few companies that's really uh, involved in an aggressive uh, kind of a new build campaign. So I wonder if you talk about the, the rationale for that and uh, just elaborate a little bit more on the environmental regulations. You started to talk about that and what, what that means for the competitiveness and the profitability of the company. Yes, uh, we started quite early, uh, before 2020. I mean, we had started uh, discussing internally about orders and uh, we have done uh, uh, in total uh, about 11 uh, new built orders of phase three vessels, which at that point did not exist basically. Only one or two shipyards uh, were able to deliver such vessels. And we'll say, uh, we'll explain what this means and uh, so we have this uh, uh, advantage that we placed all of these orders uh, below the market. So on average, uh, you may say that it's a low 30s, the cost per vessel, uh, while maybe if you want to make an order which will be delivered after 2025, it will be about 40. And uh, the second point is that uh, we have already taken delivery of two vessels and next year we're taking uh, five, six vessels more and uh, all these deliveries are concluded within 2024. So this gives us a, a substantial advantage because uh, basically we will, uh, a 20, 25% of our fleet will consist of uh, phase three vessels. Now, what is the meaning of this phase three vessel? Um, IMO has put some regulations and uh, these are called phases, phase one, phase two, phase three representing a, a 10, 20, and 30% respectively a CO2 reduction, design CO2 reduction compared to the level which was uh, at, at 2008. So these phase three, phase three vessels have a substantial lower CO2 emissions, which corresponds, of course, to substantial lower uh, fuel consumption. And you understand what we mean today, having lower fuel consumption. And I will tell you an example. I mean, one of the uh, new, newest vessels, which is named uh, MV Vasos, uh, has a consumption of about 14 uh, tons per uh, day for uh, of, of fuel per day uh, for uh, uh, at 12.5 knots, while most ships have more than 18. Mm -hmm. Many of them have, let's say, 19, 20, et cetera. So you understand that uh, this gives us a, a substantial advantage when you have, let's say, about more than four tons compared to the market. And, and this is paid to us directly as charter hire because the charter uh, pays, uh, sees the overall cost, the, the cost of the chartering plus the cost of the fuel. So mm -hmm. this is a big advantage. 
and, and right now we have already taken delivery of two ships uh, out of uh, this level. And um, uh, so we, we did this strategy to, to do all this ordering at a very early stage. No one followed us. And um, basically on the assumption that we don't know exactly what will be the new fuel uh, that will uh, prevail. I mean, it will be ammonia, methanol, uh, hydrogen. And uh, I mean, now we, we, we had adopted a very pragmatic approach because we thought that uh, uh, there is no new fuel right now. I mean, whatever we discuss, it will be maybe the first vessel that will be designed will be for 2026, 2027, 8, or so on. And there will be no designs uh, available to us. And if they, even if you have such designs, it will take a, a longer period to, uh, for, for more yards to adapt such designs and longer period to create the fuel network systems that you need to supply such vessels. So we're discussing about 10 to 15 years later compared to today. And so, I mean, our decision was to renew the fluid with, in, in, with a pragmatic approach that we take 10 vessels now, 11 vessels now, and not uh, uh, ships in, in 2030 or so with new fuels, which we don't know exactly what will prevail. So I think this will give a big advantage to save bikers in the following, um, I mean, starting from uh, the 1st of January, 2023, because uh, the, the regulations start from that point. Yep, and that's that's when uh, you have the uh, the vessel deliveries uh, starting. Yeah, so let me. Let, and we continue next year with six, I think, or six or seven. Uh, yeah. So when we did that, uh, I will tell you also the, the last part and uh, the last part of the assignment. So when we did that, we thought, okay, why don't we sell all the vessels? So we sell, we sold some older vessels because of two thousand three and four, which was the right thing to move. And basically, we we sold the, the heavier, the more consuming vessels. Uh, and uh, then we realized that the market is quite good. So from time to time, we found an opportunity to uh, to buy a younger vessel. So we sold at a at a high market uh, a, an older vessel, and we bought for some a little bit more a younger vessel, let's say ten years younger. So overall, the fleet didn't lose the uh, ability, the, the earning capability that we we had. Uh, we we sold several several new build vessels while we are waiting for the new for the new builds to come uh, to our books let me let me ask you one 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 thing be, before we move on because i have a chance to to clarify when you read about the regulations there's the regulation uh coming in called eedi so that's the that that's the phase three uh that you're talking about is that right is that the same the energy efficiency design it's not exactly this one the energy efficiency design index is a is a design index uh, which uh, is uh, implemented for the existing vessels, which is for which is named actually EEXI uh, for existing vessels. So EEDI, yes, it refers to the design index of the new builds, and EEXI refers to the existing vessels. So while a new build after 2025 has to be phase EEDI phase three. Uh, the existing vessels from the 1st of January 2023 have to implement another regulation, which is called EEXI, so Energy Efficiency Existing Index. So, and this is, they have to reduce all our vessels, need to reduce the 20%, uh, by 20%, uh, the, the, let's say, the, the design uh, emissions. So, uh, this is something that uh, poses certain restrictions to the existing fleet, because 
the, the existing fleet has to, uh, to put uh, limiters on uh, the engines, mm -hmm. which means a lower speed. And so, in, assume that you have high consumption, you need to put a, to, to limit the speed substantially more compared to a more to a younger vessel. So, uh, if you have, let's say, an old heavy consuming vessel, uh, you will be in a position that you will not be able to use it with a speed, uh, I mean, uh, with a speed of, let's say, 12 or 15 knots that the other uh, vessels are going, and you need to, to slow down to slow it down. Yeah. It's advantage. And I think of, overall, with uh, you know many many people doing that, that's that's actually good for the market, uh, re reducing reducing the supply of uh, the tonnage. Yes. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, I just want to ask you about the uh, the intrinsic value. You recently, I guess a week ago, you had the uh, the earnings call uh, for Q2. You you talk about uh, the the creation. Of, of, of value, uh, and you talk about scrubber technology. You have uh, scrubbers, I, I believe, on 18 of the vessels. So I uh, wonder if you could just walk us through how how that works and how the uh, having the scrubbers creates uh, shareholder value. Hey, look, it's not only scrubbers. I'd say three reasons how we can how we have let's say this intrinsic value. First of all, it's the valuation of the uh, new builds against uh, the, the order of new builds. So when you buy something, let's say at 30, and right now it costs 40, so this represents a value for the shareholders at this stage. So this is the one point. The second point is uh, uh, is uh, the, the, the the highest efficiency of the new builds. So if you burn, uh, let's say, 14 uh, uh, tons compared to 18 tons or 20 tons that the other vessels then you have higher earning capability. And this is not reflected in, in your, let's say, valuation. And the scrubbers, of course, is also an important role because right now we have a, a, the so-called high five, the price differential between the heavy fuel oil and the, a, and, and the low circuit fuel oil that uh, you need to burn when you don't have scrubber, which is about $400. And uh, so if you assume that uh, you burn, let's say, 20 tons per day, uh, 20 tons per day times uh, 400 right now is uh, about eight, eight, uh, is uh, about uh, eight thousand, right? Thousand. So, yeah. so you see what is the price differential that you can make in certain occasions compared when you have a vessel with scrub, scrubber fitted or when you don't have a scrubber. So it's it's substantial high. If you if you oh, uh, uh, even if you need to share something with your charter, assuming mm -hmm. that some let's say 10 20 percent of this amount still you make a uh, substantially more money so for an investment which is between uh, 2.5 to 3 million you have an excellent payback period and we have done this investment and we continue to invest in scrubbers specifically in cape sizes where uh, i mean uh, the, the consumption is substantially higher sure so, so that that's uh, so the the spread at this point is running around uh, 400 uh as I, I recall, at the beginning of 2020, I guess the, the the magic number or the number people were talking about that was still going to be a very good payback. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was around 200. Uh, then it dropped to 100 at a certain point of time, uh, even 75, 80. Uh, and uh, right now, with this crisis, it's about uh, 400. Uh, and just, just out of curiosity, what, what was the highest that, uh, I, I guess, earlier earlier this year, what, what was the highest that that spread got to? 
Uh, look, this varies, but I think that uh, this figure, this 400, uh, is uh, something which is uh, substantially high. And if you assume that the vessel burns maybe about 7,000 tons per year, so if you make this multiplication, uh, let's say, say 400, we have 400 this year uh, on average, 400 times uh, 7,000 uh, makes a, a huge number against the investment, which is not uh, that big. And it redu reduces your payback period uh, oh. substantially. Uh, so let's, let's, let's shift gears, uh, kind of. Uh, let's talk about capital allocation. Uh, the company has a robust earnings generation uh, capability, a lot of liquidity, and uh, low debt compared to the uh, to the the scrap value. You're you're currently paying on on the dividend. I think it's five cents uh, a share, so it's roughly uh, an annual yield of around five percent. Recently, you bought back uh, shares of the common. I think a million shares and you redeemed, uh, you had preferred shares, you redeemed uh, $37 million of those. So uh, just, again, just looking, look, looking forward, uh, what, what is the strategy of, of, of the company uh, as far as the, uh, the capital allocation? Uh, yes, we uh, have a meaningful dividend uh, policy, which is uh, this uh, five cents per dollar. And we examine this policy every quarter based on the, uh, on the prevailing situation each time. Uh, the important thing for us is not to distribute uh, all the money to, I mean, uh, all the free cash flows to our shareholders, noting that our major shareholder, which is a Hadjuano family, Polish Hadjuano, our CEO, has about 40% of the company. Still, we don't want to distribute everything because we see the overall uh, picture and we want to have, let's say, the development and the future value of this company. So uh, what we are doing is that we, we, we need to, to direct some uh, portion of our free cash flows to uh, our uh, new buildings that uh, we, we need to take delivery. We have deleveraged the company substantially. So basically, the leverage would be of the order of 30, 32%, 33%, uh, the overall leverage. Uh, we have um, stabilized the cost per, uh, of, the, of uh, our uh, debt by issuing this uh, earlier this year. Uh, this uh, euro bond in the Atex Stock Exchange, about 100 million uh, uh, with a 295, uh, which is steady for five years. You understand that all these are advantages that, uh, this will, that, that we have. So our intention is, yes, we, we will continue, based on the chartering and conditions, we'll continue this uh, dividend policy uh, as is. We will continue the slow deleveraging. We have uh, also, I need to remind you that we also, uh, did uh, this uh, 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 redemption of uh, preferred C, about 37, 38 million uh, US dollars were redeemed. And this is also benefit for, this is also benefit for the uh, common shareholders because we took out this part, which has 8% coupon. Uh, and uh, we have started also the buyback program. So we, we do a, a several things. A, thinking not this moment when we can let's say have a higher dividend but we don't want to undermine the company and pay 
more dividend to our shareholders and, and increase the leverage after uh, one or two years. We want to have substantial liquidity to be able uh, at any correction of the market, wherever it is, to do the right thing. Maybe we can buy another second hand. Maybe we can put another new bit. Also, we, 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 we are using biofuels. We, uh, we, we want to examine the, the, the possibility of using the alternative fuels. So we are very active on this uh, front and uh, we are not behind. So we're, we're checking uh, methanol, we're checking uh, uh, ammonia, we're checking what should be the next one. So we have teams that are working on this uh, front. So at certain point of time, if there is a, a conclusion somewhere on which field will be used, we will be able to have substantial resources to invest and not to go to the markets and, uh, uh, or to, to increase our leverage. It's quite, quite a balancing act, which uh, you're navigating uh, very successfully. Uh, so let's, let, let, let's wrap it up. If you, if you could, uh, just, just to present at a high level the, uh, the investment case and just uh, walk us through the, uh, the, the key takeaways, uh, you know, why the company is different from its peers, why, why should somebody invest in safe bulkers? Yes, first of all, uh, the shareholders that invest in safe bulkers, should, they should know that uh, uh, they co-invest with our CEO who is a major shareholder who has 40%. And uh, this gives the, the, I mean, the best reassurance that we will do the best that we can to secure the money and the wealth of all our shareholders, because uh, we are partners, we are not uh, managers. Uh, the second point is that uh, the company will continue to be, uh, to, to be a vehicle of low leverage. So we, we need to maintain the leverage low to have strong liquidity because strong liquidity in good times is uh, fine. Uh, in bad times, you can uh, do things, you can buy things, you can order things. Um, we want to, we, we, we're having an extensive program of uh, new buildings as uh, we have already discussed, which will be delivered from now until then. Uh, having, let's say about 25% of the fleet uh, phase three and, the, and another 25% uh, young fleets after 2013 with uh, good characteristics. And uh, we also invest in our existing fleet uh, some money to upgrade their environmental performance. Uh, so the intention of our management is to compete. I mean, from the next, in the next two years on the basis of operational and environmental performance, uh, compared to the vast majority of the, of the fleet out there, which uh, uh, cannot, will not be able to cope easily with the stringent, the more stringent regulations will come up later on. I mean, after 25, after 2026, there will be further stringent regulations which will make uh, the situation more difficult. Even in Europe, it will be difficult to come, but you need to pay a lot of money in terms of uh, in relation to taxation. So we have all these things in mind. And I think it's, um, say, Binance is a good vehicle. We, we, we are trading, as we think, substantially lower than the uh, net asset value of the stock. And, and so we, it's, it's a good thesis to invest in, say, Binance. Okay. Well, 
lot of lot, lot of factors uh, to consider, and like like I said, a lot of, lot of things to navigate. I guess uh, you know from listening to you, I guess there's a lot of people talking about 2023, but you're you know you're you're looking beyond that, and you 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 point out that the regulations are going to get tighter and tighter uh, through through the decade, and uh, you know you're you're staying ahead of that. So that's great. We're gonna we're we're gonna wrap it up. Thanks uh, so much, uh, Lucas, for for coming on here. I enjoyed. Uh, I think on some of these topics you can go on for hours and hours. Unfortunately, uh, you know we we don't have enough time. But uh, when uh, when when I next see you, we'll uh, we'll we'll get into some of the finer points of the uh, EEDI and uh, all the different phases. So thanks very much, everybody. Take care. It's Barry Parker from the Capital Link. Trending News Podcast Series. Bye-bye.